0: Welcome to Battleground. Today is Friday and it is April the 9th. Uh, What a week, man. Uh, We have been uh, going through a couple of different things. So this week, uh, we we didn't really podcast uh, uh, in English. We were launching our Spanish podcast, which we're going to be doing two a day. So uh, one in English, one in Spanish. So Friday, uh, Monday next week, we are going to be back to every day as usual on iHeart, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible. Apple and Google, and then of course, you know, if you really want to watch us, we don't have a face, at least I don't, I don't have a face for video, but uh, hey, if you want to watch me, you go ahead and uh, put yourself through that pain, I'm going to be streaming live on Facebook, Um, today we have a a very special uh, panel, Um, Law Enforcement Friday, as you guys know, Robert Arce, the guy's a stud, former narcotics detective for Phoenix PD, did undercover work with DEA, uh, cartel work in, 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 in Mexico, did a lot of the uh, kidnapping stuff in, in Haiti, uh, anti-criminal organization work in Croatia, etc. cetera. He's always with us talking. But up next is a um, guy does not need any introduction at all, uh, former Bush administration official, uh, my good friend uh, Alfonso Aguilar. Hey, Alfonso, thanks for being on the show, man. You're a stud. uh, Always, always uh, a pleasure to have you. And I can't bring you on unless I put on your song. So here it goes, man. You're welcome.
1: We're waiting for it.
0: There we go, brother. Absolutely. Hey, brother, man, it's a pleasure to have you, dude. Uh, You know, we we always have fun. I know you always bring the heat. You always say it like it is. You don't like to beat around the bush. And uh, I certainly don't uh, either. Um, What a week it's been, man. Um, There's so much to talk about as usual with this administration, with this president who is just uh, lackluster. Um, he, He definitely resembles um like he's got some issues uh some problems uh we saw the hunter biden situation uh promoting a book that is uh full of lies um they they omitted uh some of the uh some of the juicy stuff that uh that was out there um been guns man you know uh i guess we learned from uh from uh from president biden that uh the constitutional amendments aren't permanent or aren't uh absolutely are absolute, that's right. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I don't know, man. Um, where, do, where, where do you go? I mean, what... what give me a brief synopsis here.
1: This was yet another week. Every week we, we see an attack on uh, our American values and, and culture and principles. And, and yet again, uh, we saw President Biden, uh, a so-called centrist, following the radical leftist uh, agenda and uh, but I but I still think that the 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 top story of, of the week is the border crisis which of course they still don't call it a crisis uh, you know we, we've just seen the numbers for March and last time I was with you we discussed the numbers for February which were staggering well the the, the numbers for March are even worse so we uh so a 71% increase from February to March in terms of migrant arrivals at the border. We had 171,000 people arrive at our border uh, in March and that's a uh, an incredible number. It's, it's, it's the highest in a month in 15 years. The numbers keep going up. So sadly, I think we're gonna surpass that. But the other story, uh, which I, I think is it's just devastating, is that in March we received almost 19,000 unaccompanied minors. And Ivan, that is the highest number in a month ever, ever. Now, uh, and we've seen the images. Uh, we're starting to get images that are trickling into the media of kids, little kids being thrown down from fens, from fences, left alone by traffickers hoping that they're going to be uh, found. This is incredible. Uh, It's a human uh, crisis, but you know what? It's also a national security crisis. We found out this week that two folks, two people from Yemen, potential terrorists, we're actually uh, identified as potential terrorists.
0: They're on the uh, no-fly list, right?
1: Exactly. We're detained at the border. Imagine those that are entering without being detained. And as I, I was telling somebody the other day, our enemies, especially terrorists, are looking at our vulnerabilities. They're looking at what is weak in our system. And certainly, when you have so many people arriving at our border, people involved in crime, be it Sex traffickers, child traffickers, terrorists are going to see that vulnerability, and uh, they're exploiting it. So this is a human crisis, and this is a national security
0: crisis. One hundred percent. I could uh,
1: I think it, it's not, it's getting worse because they're the only way. You know, they keep saying uh, that now they're they're not blaming Trump anymore, or or they still are, but they needed another other people to blame. So now they're blaming the Central American presidents. They're saying that. Is the weak democracies in and corrupt democracies in Central America that are creating this mass migration. So we need to fix that. So you're telling me that we're going to have to fix Central America before we have operational controls or border? I mean, can we as Americans...
0: Well, and and, 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 and our, uh, our our envoy also calls them uh, uh, narco-states, right? He called them market states
1: well, like, Are we going to send our uh, Iraq experts to... to to build those countries, to to create stable democracies? And against corruption, are we going to send uh, Hunter Hunter to lead anti-corruption, anti-impunity uh, efforts?
0: Hey, that might work, man. That might work. I mean, you know, he did a hell of a job in Burisma. Um, He was able to walk away with a big paycheck. And, uh, hey, you know, uh, it, it might work also because it worked with the Chinese. He walked away with $1.5 billion. So maybe he gets all this money out of these Central American com- uh, countries. I don't know that's
1: true that's true so this is absurd i mean and it's condescending that we are going to go in there and try to fix their problems look uh those countries are certainly not perfect i'm not defending drug trafficking i'm not defending corruption it is terrible but you and i we understand latin america uh you know our parents are from latin america we know that 30 40 years ago those countries were in civil war uh do they have perfect democracies right now? No. Is there a, at least some stability and some freedom in those countries? Absolutely. So yeah. let's not go down there and make matters worse. Because instead of reducing massive migration, we're actually going to increase it even more if it's possible. So I, I, he's just not assuming responsibility and saying, what can we do right now? When Donald Trump, because they, they could say, well, this happened before. Donald Trump uh, faced something like this in 2019. What they forget to say is that President Trump responded. And right. President Trump continued building the wall system, which works. I don't know of any border security expert that says, no, fencing doesn't work. I mean, it's just so basic that, you know, I can't look out you know outside my 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 window here and see a fence and you know, we'll see fences every day because you know what? They work. The Capitol right now, thanks to Nancy Pelosi, is surrounded by a fence. So so they work.
0: By hey, the b- 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 way, uh, Alfonso on the fence. Didn't uh, didn't your friend Majorca's, uh say that he was going to? Uh, ah, didn't getting, say he was going a- to. Getting,
1: a- getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The media really doesn't talk about that because. Uh, so you know, the only now, what Majorca said, and, and they're still not admitting it publicly. This is a very interesting point. Yeah, apparently, Majorca was caught. Uh, in a meeting with some border security officials, and he said, well, because the border security people are saying this is the problem. So as we were expanding the wall system, renovating wall, uh, building new wall, uh, obviously when the Trump administration ended, there were some gaps. Right. Now, we're talking about vulnerabilities. The bad guys uh, look at those gaps, and that's where they go through. So that forces the, the border security to uh, put human uh, resources, right. personnel to guard those gaps. So it takes away from doing other things that are, you know, uh, very important. So, um, you know, guarding other areas and, and ports of entry and so forth. So you are diluting your, your, your human personnel, uh, enforcement personnel at the border by having to cover those gaps. So the border people, the border patrol people are telling them, we need to fill those gaps. And in a, in a meeting, apparently, private meeting, of course, he said, uh, you know, I think we need to fill those gaps. So that was leaked to the media. And Jane Saki gave one of those, you know, roundabout answers when she said that they have received some proposals. Right now it's paused. But look, so they haven't done it. I mean, and, and certainly one way of starting to address this is by filling the gaps, but not only filling the gaps, continuing to build the wall system. But yeah. well, let me tell you right now, if they were to fill those gaps, first of all, it would be hypocrisy because he said not one more foot of wall in during my administration. But not only that, it would show how... That he's forced to reverse his uh, campaign promises where, based on political pandering because of the reality, the sheer reality of the situation, which requires a balanced and intelligent approach. And that, of course, includes fencing. So uh, it would show that all the promises he made on immigration, including the wall, uh, it, were just political pandering to the extreme left. So So that's incredible. That's an incredible development. Jane Psaki's answer was just incredible because she couldn't she couldn't admit that Mallorca said that. So she kept saying, well, but you know, she should have said, she shouldn't even be answering that way. She should have said not one foot under uh, the Biden administration, but she didn't say that because they're opening the door to that. And well, obviously the, the mainstream media will give them a pass because when they flip flop, ah, oh, it's okay. You know, they always find uh, an excuse. But uh, so that's on, on Mallorca. But, you know, there are other, it's, it's not only about fencing. Uh, this, uh, Biden also said, uh, and we're still in court because of it. He's, he was going to pause deportations for 100 days. So we still have the, the Arizona attorney general in court trying to ensure that they do deport people. Right. And then finally doing away with remaining Mexico uh, policy, which forced people to wait in Mexico, while their uh, uh, asylum adjudication is being processed. Why is that so important? Because part of the traffickers uh, strategy is to tell everybody, go to the border and ask for asylum, knowing that 90% of people don't have a claim for to asylum. And so that is so important. So but he's not doing anything right now. So people keep keep coming, keep coming. And the message is don't come right now." now. it's not Kong, And this is where I say there's a major shift in immigration policy. Because even under Obama, in the you know, the good old days of Barack, the moderate Barack. Yeah. Now we have, you know, creepy, radical uh Joe. Crazy yeah. Joe, yeah. Exactly. What yeah. even Barack Obama, when he had a surge of unaccompanied minors, I remember distinctively him saying, Kong, It's a very you shouldn't come illegally, period. It's very dangerous. At least Obama said that. He's, he was very weak on the border, but he said that. This guy is not saying that. They're saying, don't come now. Right. So if you're in Central America, you're a smart guy, you're in Central America, what is the message? The message is, at some point, we're going to open the doors. So if I'm in Central America, I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I'm going to go right now to get in line.
0: That right. That's exactly what it is. They're going to open this thing up. I want to be at the front of the line. I don't want to be behind. Right, 10,000, 100,000, 200,000 people. I want to be at the front of the line. I'm going to go there right now and wait, and, and I'll wait at the border.
1: These people don't know anything about human nature. The same thing, they don't understand the the wall, which is just basic, you know, something very basic. You know, when you go to a concert, remember when you were young, you're going to a concert, and the doors open at 7. You know, people show up early because they want to be the first one to run inside. Well, yeah. it's so basic. That's the message what that they're sending. And... Uh, I just think this is awful. Uh, the the liberal media is giving this guy a pass. The fact that they can't even call it a crisis, and then you know this facilitates human trafficking, child trafficking, which which is is travesty. Not only that, uh, Governor Abbott just announced that in 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 a detention facility in Texas, apparently there has been uh, uh, sexual uh, harassment and abuse of children. I don't I don't have all the facts. But you know we have so. Many, this is why you don't want people to come here massively, uh, and this is why we needed the so-called cages, which are not cages, uh, which Barack Obama started, but for a right. reason. Because you want to separate the children from adults, right. because there are sexual predators. Uh, of course. this is a travesty. This is the I think the number one issue in the country right now, and this president is just not facing it. And uh, it is just pathetic. Uh, uh, and, and, and look, and, and finally, there was an AP poll that just came out. Only twenty percent of Americans uh, agree with Biden's border policies. Forty percent disagree. The rest don't know. But clearly, American people are not happy. So that's why they want to talk about other things. And uh, you know, he made some other announcements this week. But I think the border crisis, to me, is certainly the number one issue, because it not only affects our the security of our homeland, but you know we're putting people in danger, children in danger, and that's just not American. It's inhumane and it's immoral.
0: Absolutely, hey, Alfonso. Few people can uh, can can uh, can can wrap it up like that, uh, all, in, all tie it up in a bow and make it look pretty. But uh, what a what a disaster! Hey, I'm going to welcome uh, Robert Arce to the show and uh he gets his own walk-on song too by the way <laughs> <laughs> hey robert thanks for joining us man i think you've uh, i think you've met alfonso before right yes i have i have robert so, how are you so are you? this you? is gonna be a great show i mean two two real experts talking about it uh one from uh from the policy perspective uh former bush administration head of citizenship uh robert arce you uh you've been on the ground man You've seen it. You've done it. You've been undercover with the DEA and the cartels, having fun with those boys. Um, you know, Alfonso was just talking about the uh, the threats. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum with you uh, about what happens to kids, what happens to uh, to adults, to women, to children, having you know to take birth control pills before they start that trek because they're going to be raped multiple times a day. Um, how the the the, the men get, uh, if they don't have money to pay the coyotes, et cetera, they get forced into working for the cartels as labor until they pay off their debt, uh, et cetera. What, what a disaster, but, um, I wanted to bring up something real quick. Um, Alfonso, I want to give you a couple minutes to, to, so you can laugh at this one. And then, uh, <laughs> Robert, if you can give us some background on, uh, on this issue on, uh, Joe Biden's speech on gun control and, uh, why that doesn't work. But, uh, he talked about uh, how you can walk into a gun show and just buy any weapon you want. Uh, we know that's not true. That's 100% fake. The f- the fake news media didn't call him out. Uh, Alfonso, your girl over there at the White House, Jen, uh, you know, sidestepped to dance a little bit. So I don't know. I mean, where, where's this going?
1: Well, again, uh, this, this, this person keeps lying. And, and this is an incredible thing. Remember that, um, they kept saying, Democrats and the media, that pre- not only President Trump, but Republicans at large, we are all a bunch of liars. We, we just don't uh, tell, it, uh, tell it as it is. We're, we're always fabricating things, which is not true. And now we have a president who habitually every day is giving information that is factually wrong and the media gives him a pass This is it, just incredible. And, but I, th- I think people know, because when it comes to guns, I'm not a gun owner, I'm not a gun expert, but, you know, when it comes to something like that, if you're a gun owner and and, and, and a gun buyer, uh, you know the process. So people say, this guy just doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, he did it with guns. He did it as well, remember, with, with the Georgia Voting uh, uh, Reform Act, uh, which he said that it would prohibit voting after 5 p.m. So people who work can't vote after work. That's an absolute lie. Even though... Some post gave him a, a, a four, uh, four Pinocchio so uh and then asked G- uh, Jane Saki and she around circles she likes to circle she talks a lot but doesn't say
0: anything so, so, yeah. this
1: is habitual lying oh, that nice. giving him the past. so um you know, it, it is it is what it is. Uh, I think that's why, you know, we have you and others, but we have to speak up because these people are just continuously lying. And even on the border situation, they keep they don't want to even call it a crisis. They don't want to acknowledge the numbers. They want to talk about it. Uh, it. It is it is a, a problem. And uh, and we have to call it out.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Robert, man, you've been been on the front line on this one. I know you've done a a lot of the work with the, uh, you know, in your own PD, but also uh, undercover with VA. And uh, and, and I assume you've had your run ins and experiences with uh, AFT, AFT, as uh, President Biden called them, uh, AFT. Um, you know, with the NDF. so, uh, jump, jump in here, brother, help us out. Give us some, uh, give, give us some background, some real life stories on, uh, on gun control and, uh, and how that really does work. I mean, criminals, we know go through background checks and they wait three days and they get fingerprinted and, um, and then they go commit crimes once they get their, uh, license, uh, their permit approved. Right, Robert?
2: Of course. Of course. I was watching yesterday's speech and and you're sitting there thinking, is anybody going to call him out? Because it's all lies. Uh, I tell you who can get a gun without a background check. I could get one when I was working undercover posing as a criminal. I was on the street buying guns from illegal aliens. Uh, I have I believe I have Saul Ayala standing by, but uh, he has some stories about that as well. When I work guns and drugs go together. So when I worked DEA cases, some of the cases would spin off into ATF because ATF had the money to buy weapons. So we were uh, buying fully automatic uh, rifles from gang members and previously deported illegal aliens because they have them. So uh, if you, if you want to say, well, I want to bypass uh, the, the background checks, buy them on the street. They're all on the street, all these guns that you want to get that they are talking about. uh and I think the thing that's incredible is that he must not have anybody on his staff to tell him that's not true, or they know the media is going to cover for them and allow to push these lies because you know, the media is not going to push back on it. They have that wing. It's like the armed wing the, the media has become the armed propaganda wing of this presidency, which it's, it's, it's something to behold when you watch it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and, and you showed us something, um, you showed me some pictures yesterday of some uh World War II 50 calibers uh rifles, and uh and, and you guys got them off some illegals on the border, I think, right? Uh back in the day or something. Um,
2: it's a recent case, Sawulayala, who just retired uh yeah. last year. He did 37 years on Phoenix PD. He was our most tenured undercover officer in the history of PD, wow. and he bought those two, they were at uh, 30 cals. Uh, that after the war, uh, U.S. sent them to Mexico and they eventually made their way back. They've been retrofitted, uh, to fit the NATO round, but they were buying them off of uh, two previously deported illegal aliens from Mexico that were tied to uh, cartels, right?
3: O- out, open,
1: out. I'm I'm right, right. right. Fast right. and Furious. It, it's it's crazy. Um, you know something interesting that we saw this uh, week is the president's uh, executive uh, announcement on s- several executive actions to uh, promote gun control. Nope. Nope. And, and first of all, let me very cl- be very clear because he said he made a a very. Uh, Strong statement that no no fundamental right is absolute, and uh, uh, you know we have to put things in context. Uh, obviously, there are rights; guns are regulated in in this country, right? But when it's a fundamental right, you have there has to be a, a compelling state interest to limit a fundamental right. So it, it's he has to be very careful with what he says because it's the fundamental right the right to bear arms you can't just limit it through executive action this is something that requires a legislative debate regardless where you stand on the issue you cannot begin by imposing restrictions through the executive without going through our constitutional process and this is a huge problem that we have we had it during obama remember he kept talking about the the phone and pen whatever this guy is is is, it's even worse. I mean, how many executive orders we have so far? But on guns, he immediately talks about, uh, uh, and i like Robert to, perhaps to, to to address this because I'm not, as I said, a gun expert, but new regulations for so-called ghost guns. These are guns that you can get kids, apparently, through the mail or buy them in gun shops and build your own gun, and uh, those the parts for those guns don't have serial numbers, so it would require um, producers to put serial numbers in you know, all the parts uh, and, and limitations like that. Look, you know, in, in some of these measures, it may have, uh, he may have an argument. Perhaps there are Republicans that would support it. I don't know. But my, my biggest concern is you have to go through Congress. We are the American people. We voted for representatives to have this type of debates. If they can't find a the vote, then move on to the other issue because the American people don't want this, don't want this debate right now. They don't want to impose restrictions. So, and then the other thing he called on Congress to do is for the Senate to approve the House's uh, universal background check bill, which I don't think is going on anywhere in the Senate but uh but anyway uh my biggest concern is uh the from the what the president did this week was was again this overreach of trying to limit fundamental rights through uh executive action and um i have a problem with that i, I don't know uh robert if you can uh, enlighten us with the so-called ghost uh, guns if,
2: before if, before going into the ghost
1: guns the on the
2: background checks how do those background checks go with his own son his own son lied on the federal background uh, application to Coming get a airplane. firearm no, that's committing a crime i mean it's kind of like when you go to the airport and they ask you if you uh, if you packaged your or, or if you uh, put together your own luggage like you like if you're a terrorist you're actually going to tell someone oh wait some some terrorist just put a bomb in my luggage for me <laughs> you know it's it's the honor system and it's not going to stop anything. Bad guys will do whatever they can to get guns. And if they are prohibited possessors that cannot go to the legal means, they will go to the illegal means, the black market, which is a street, which it's plentiful. The, what they were talking about on, on the weapons, about the, uh, uh, the attached he, you he mentioned attachments that you can put on a, uh, a handgun uh, pistol oh, yeah. that makes it into a rifle. Races. It makes it much more accurate and deadly. And, and I don't know where he's getting this. Like even the bump stock when the bump stock was a big issue that doesn't make it, you can fire it fast. Uh, it looks cool, but most people that are serious about their weapons would, would look at that and go, I don't need this. It's the bump stock. Uh, doesn't make your weapon more accurate. I always believed it it would make it less, less accurate because you're, you're, it's not part of the weapon. It wasn't designed to be part of the weapon. The, uh, the the, uh, the the biggest problem with me is that with uh, oh wait hold on a second the with with the with with what they're proposing it's not going to make it's not going to make us safer who is going to make it safer for it's going to be make it safer for the criminals exactly the criminals don't want good people to be armed
0: right and, and you know what if if a gun control really worked right. We would look at Chicago as, um, you know, as a, as a, you know, one of the safest places, you know, on earth, right. Well, uh, you look at Baltimore too. I mean, the people's Republic of Maryland, um, you know, uh, realistically, you really can't get a gun here, uh, with, with, with a few exceptions. So, you know, how are people killing each other every day, all day in, in, in Baltimore, in Chicago, and, you know, in all these inner cities that are run by Democrats and, and in blue states. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, what they want to do is they want to disarm the American people. So the American people become victims yeah. and can no longer protect themselves. We don't,
1: we don't want to talk about the root causes. Uh, you know, Senator Kennedy, uh, it was uh, phenomenal. He said that, uh, you know, do cars kill people? Are there accidents that kill people? Yes, you're not going to ban cars. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And obviously you have people who have serious uh, mental health issues. But then you say, well, we have to give them mental health. But We don't want government to all of a sudden provide mental health. Government can't. But why do we have these mental health issues? And look, it, it's a direct result of the collapse of, of the family, of of the values in our country, and uh, obviously, if you say that publicly, Democrats are going to blast you. But that's that's what's happening. That's it is what's happening when you have a
0: yeah. The, the, the reason we have more mental health problems is because we have more Democrats, right? Is <laughs> the injection of liberalism of Marxism into American culture that that's I, I, I'm being very honest. I, I, I'm Alfonso. You've heard me. I've always said this. We need more psychiatrists and less politics in America right now. Well, um, yeah. you know, that, that 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 is an unfortunate reality. Um, you know, the, the 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 left has been pushing marxism and cultural marxism into the US uh, you know, market for for a long time. They've been brainwashing, you know, kids and now adults, um, you know, starting in in grade schools all the way up through uh to 12th grade, universities. They are plagued with liberals and Marxists, and and that's what we're getting. We're getting all these people that have no clue about anything, that is all about emotion, all about feeling good, and are absolutely clueless as to reality. They sit there and believe that they can sit there and walk up to a terrorist or a rapist or a thug or a cartel member and tell them that they're they're there to help, and they're going to sing Kumbaya and give them a hug, and they're going to go be best friends. I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to be greeted by somebody, you know, like Daniel Pearl, you know, was greeted and they cut off his head. That's exactly what's going to happen. With terrorists or with the cartels, they'll shoot them right there on the spot and execute them. But these people live in fantasy land. They have no idea what reality is, and that's the problem. And that's a very dangerous problem, Alfonso. But, uh, but,
1: but my point is when, when it- when so basic social institutions that are the basis of our society collapse, our system's going to collapse. Look, when you just look at the statistics, you know, yeah. divorce rate is over 50%. Right. In some communities, it may be over 60%. Uh, you know, the children growing up without one of their parents. Uh, uh, th- this is really concerning. We, we saw recently another poll that showed that uh, church membership in our country Is now below fifty percent. So you don't have a family, you don't have the church that helps you. That that social community uh, infrastructure that it's so important. Government, you know, George Bush used to say something that I I think was very powerful. You know, President Bush was very big on on promoting uh, volunteer service, community service, faith-based initiatives, and he used to say, "Government can't love; only neighbors can love. Family can love. Churches can love." Every individual needs a nurturing environment. If if the only alternative you have in your community is, oh, go to the social security or social, you know, state counseling office, whatever, to talk to a, get in line to talk to a social worker, this society is in a hole.
0: Yeah, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. When, we're promoting, when we are promoting, Alfonso, and, and, and it goes directly to what you were saying and I was saying before, is this cultural Marxism. When they're playing identity politics, when they're – more worried about men going into women's bathrooms when they want men to play in women's sports, when they're breaking down traditional values and they're breaking down a traditional family. And if you support traditional family and values, you are a bigot, a racist, a xenophobe, whatever you are, you know, the, the, the nastiest, and this most despicable person on the face of the earth if you support traditional values and that's the way they're doing it they're pushing it that way and i don't know i don't know how to stop it i mean the only way to stop it is you got to fight back and you got to push back but uh you know we we're, we're, we're not winning that war buddy i got to tell you we're not winning that war
1: well and and then finally obviously the expansion and and this president is committed to this expanding Uh, This administration is starting to look more and more like the LBJ administration of of the Great Society. We're going to fix poverty by creating all the social programs. You expand those programs, those benefits programs. So you already have people who who have issues because uh, they don't have parents. uh, uh, They're divorcing at higher rates. And then you offer them all this stuff for free, benefit programs that leads to dependence. You're creating very dysfunctional individuals, sadly. Uh, obviously, we need a, a, a social safety net, but it should be a safety net. It should not become a way of life. And sadly, this is what we're looking at, uh, an expansion of all these programs. And a lot of people are going to end up in those programs because they don't have that, that nurturing environment. So this is, this is very dangerous. And uh, look, the only way to do it is just op- opposing this. Uh, In Congress, putting pressure on Republicans to oppose this agenda. And, you know, he's talking about an infrastructure project that now they expanded the meaning of infrastructure to include everything. You know, social welfare is now infrastructure. Uh, This is crazy.
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely madness. Hey, Saul Ayala, welcome to Battleground. Thanks for joining us again. I know you were running a little bit late. We were talking about uh, uh, our wonderful president our fearless leader joe biden who uh is one of the most articulate fellows we've ever uh listened to in the world um has absolute clarity on every issue and understands things like uh like no man who has ever worked walked on earth before um a little bit about the border about gun control uh robert was talking to us about um why gun control doesn't work because criminals don't stand in line and don't get background checks and uh and, uh, he said that, uh, that would be a great question to ask you about how easy is it to go get uh weapons out on the streets? So. All
3: it's extremely easy. Um, I would say that if, if I had the means and the reason to do it, I could go to any convenience store in the right part of town, hang around for a while and meet up with somebody, uh, to buy some fentanyl pills, for example. Um, uh, once I get, uh, I get the pills. All I have to do is maybe mention that I might be looking for a gun. Um, everyone knows everyone on the street like that. knows somebody that's doing burglaries that has guns. Um, it, it, it's as easy as that. Um, not too long ago, I was with a partner of mine uh, driving down the street, female partner. <clears throat> she pulled over and talked to a young gang member, obvious, obvious gang member. He got in the car. We drove somewhere, and he sold her some marijuana. I just happened to turn around, look at him, and say, hey, uh, basically, uh, if you or any of your homeboys have, have some guns, give her a call. I'll get them off of you. Uh, that set off a chain reaction, uh, and she uh, supposedly purchasing for me, purchased, I would say, about 12 very high-quality assault weapons from these 19-, 20-year-old, Uh, gang members in South Phoenix. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to get a gun. And, and nobody out on the street is using these things that were recently banned. Nobody out on the street is making their own pistols without serial numbers. Um, usually when we were buying guns, the question came up, uh, do you care if they're dirty pretty much? Do you care if they've been used in a crime? You care if, if, uh, if the serial number is bad, No. Where do
0: the guns come from? Excuse me? Where do the guns come from?
3: Um, Several. um, Mostly from burglaries. Uh, The the cheaper guns come from burglaries, uh, from other crimes. Uh, The the more um, the cartel type people, uh, a lot of them get their weapons through straw purchases. Uh, it's very easy to for them to give some m- money to somebody, uh, a citizen, to go buy them guns at a gun show. Uh, but it's, I would say, most of the street weapons uh, come to in the into the, into the criminals' hands as a result of other crimes like robberies and burglaries.
0: So somebody uh, breaks, in somewhere, somebody, somebody breaks in somewhere and uh, and and steals
3: these weapons. From yes. some home or a business or somewhere else. Yes, and um, recently, uh, before I retired, I was working with the gang squad, uh, and in conjunction with uh, a unit that uh, traces uh, guns through uh, through the shell casings and the uh, and the spent um, the, the spent bullets, we're able to connect about four or five guns to over a hundred crimes. Um, wow. Different. These guns went from different individual to different individual, but they all were linked to these uh, drive-by shootings, ass- uh, aggravated assaults, and even some homicides. It, it's it's unbelievable, um, unbelievably easy to get a gun on the street. Let, let me put it that way.
2: Yvonne, if I, can, if I can add, I worked in the gang unit after I left the undercover unit that was buying weapons. <laughs> Uh, when I was working in the undercover unit, it was called Special Projects. It was a storefront operation where we would buy stolen property. And you know how we talked before that some of these uh, people that get smuggled across the border don't have money to pay the, the coyotes. So right. what they do, they start working for the dope man. They start they set up in a, in a dope house, either work security or sell it or transport it around the city. They get hooked on drugs. They become a liability. They don't want them because somebody who's hooked on drugs is going to snitch. They don't trust you. So they kick them out on the street. So now they don't have a way to make money. So what are they going to do? They're a drug addict. They're in a foreign country. So they start doing burglaries. They start forming crews to do burglaries, steal cars. And we're talking people that are going around the neighborhoods during the day. They'll go to a nice neighborhood and in groups and ring doorbells. And if somebody answers, they act like they're at the wrong house. So then if nobody answers, they scope out that house, jump the fence, kick in the door, go in, grab a pillowcase, grab whatever they can, and they're out. They look for weapons because weapons can get them money, and they're gone. Imagine if you're in the shower or your wife or a child is in that house, and they don't answer the door because you tell them, don't answer the door. Somebody rings if you don't know them, and now they think no one's home, and they're kicking in your door doing a burglary. True. This happens over and over and over. So, so now they're doing burglaries. So what are they doing? They're getting rid. They have to get rid of those firearms. They sell it to gang members. And like Saul says, those guns will go from one gang. They do a crime. That gun is now hot. They got to get rid of it. They pass it to somebody else. I bought a fully automatic rifle. The, a gang called me that I was working for like about five months. I was in with one gang. Buying weapons, stolen cars from them. So they called me one day in a panic and said, "Hey, we just did a drive-by at the high school. We got to get rid of this gun." So we found the report. Where luckily nobody got hit. That they shot up a, a couple of cars parked in front of a high school. So and I brought in ATF because it was fully automatic, and we bought that rifle uh, directly from them. And uh, it's it's it's. It's another world out there that most people have no idea exists because this never makes the news. The news tends to hide crimes where it involves gang members, especially if it's illegal alien gangs because it doesn't fit the narrative. They hide those. You have to look uh, uh, look for those crimes because they, they just will not release that someone was illegally in the country or someone's a gang member. There's a gang war going on in Phoenix right now. So saw so the tail end of it. And they're not connecting all these homicides that are happening to a gang war because they don't want people to know that there's a gang war going on to politics.
1: They're focusing, and this is the, the the elitism of the media and of Democrats. They're focusing on the crimes that affect the wealthy. Uh, they're not talking about the daily crime that people in Chicago and in you know, other urban uh, cities and communities face every day. And right uh you know look at the numbers for the entire year uh and and they staggering uh it's just not one event which you know those events are terrible whatever but uh you know the the, the 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 gun crime is happening in chicago what are they doing there when you look at chicago it has one of the 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 toughest
0: laws yeah
3: strongest <clears throat> by you know gun laws and it's still happening i think i think uh Chicago doesn't need better gun laws. They just need better parents. That, that would help a lot.
1: Well, you know, is the the perfect example of what I was talking about. These are communities that have been destroyed, sadly, by by welfare. Uh, the Great Society, if you look at Great Society back in L, uh, the, the years of LB, uh, LBJ, his big argument was we're going to finish this. This is the war on poverty. Uh, at that time, poverty was 14%. Today is 14%. Ronald Reagan used to say uh, um, LBJ launched a war on poverty. Well, poverty won. Uh, and, and it's true. It hasn't done anything. If anything, it has created a culture of dependency, a cycle where people can get out of this. And, and sadly, a lot of them are idle and they end up in, in, in involving crime.
0: Yeah. And it costs the government $20 trillion, right, to advance the football, uh, not even one yard. Right. Uh, like you said uh but you know it, it's been stagnant it's it it hasn't moved there's been no progress in 20 years you know more than 20
1: years so, so you resolve the problems by controlling guns and by thinking about the care economy that's what they're calling it right now the care economy senator uh, Gillibrand had this enlightening enlightening tweet two days ago she said paid lives. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. So now they're going to spend $2.5 trillion, only 5 6% on what we know as infrastructure roads, bridges. And we have an agreement that we need to invest in that. But that's only 5 6%. The rest is going to go to the care economy. Next week, uh, they're going to announce all the different. social programs that they want to include in this infrastructure bill. How is that infrastructure? And again, this is part of the line that we're talking about. They're pushing child care as infrastructure. In whose dictionary? Only on the extreme left. That is not
0: well, the- well, Bernie Sanders called it uh, said it's the infrastructure bill should include human infrastructure as well. Right? There's human infrastructure. So he said, you know it should cover all these things, but please go ahead. I mean you're on a roll. No, no, uh, I
1: mean it, 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 who knows what they're gonna They may go back to the minimum wage for us. The problem is that this week also, the per- parliamentarian of the Senate, I mean, they were not interested in talking to Republicans. That's the reality. Yeah. So the parliamentarian of the Senate said that they can go ahead on this bill and use a reconciliation mechanism, which requires which doesn't require the 60 vote right. threshold in the Senate. The problem is that that was a very confusing ruling. It's a very general ruling. She still hasn't seen what they want to include. So if they start including all this stuff, I don't know if she's gonna rule in favor of them. And you already have several senators, not only mention of, of West Virginia and Senator of Arizona, you have others, um, I forget from Virginia, um, what's his name, but I forget, also expressing concern that they're including there a lot of things that are not infrastructure. So this is not healthy uh and but this is what we're talking about today i mean there's just a total disconnect with what the american people want
0: yeah it, it is it is absolute madness when you have bernie sanders saying that you know uh the infrastructure bill has to uh cover human infrastructure like uh like uh teeth and glasses and uh you know and uh and and sex transformation uh uh surgery and who knows what else? I mean these these people are. Yeah, you know, that
1: is human infrastructure.
0: Right? I mean, you know, hey, it, it, it is, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it should be covered on a on an infrastructure bill that we're all expecting to, you know, uh, activate the economy, uh, rebuild bridges, uh, ports, uh, highways, etc. Um, but,
1: but the other fallacy of this is again going back, even on the bridges and infrastructure, I may say, because uh, I'm. I'm Not a a big uh, uh, Keynesian uh, economics uh, guy. Uh, And, uh, you know, Obama tried this. Remember the shovel ready jobs? How many jobs were shovel ready, right?
0: Yeah, he created, uh, you know, 12 million jobs at McDonald's and Walmart. I mean, he he did a fantastic job. I mean,
1: infrastructure jobs are not created overnight. So the, the immediate impact is just not there. And so this is, look, he's going to have an economic boom in the next few months. And it's not because of any bill that he's going to pass. It's because of the Trump economy. Once yeah. people start leaving their homes, which they already are, and we're seeing the numbers, and start fully investing in the economy, we're going to have a boom in this this summer because the fundamentals of the economy are strong. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. The only thing that his legislation is going to do is that it, it, it puts in peril our great economy Two years from now, uh, and we could see uh, an economic downturn thanks to his regulation and all his, uh, um, you know, green deal uh, uh, policies. By the way, infrastructure bill also the infrastructure bill also includes some green deal projects like electric cars. Because yeah. we know poor people are buying electric cars, you know,
0: and uh, especially those Teslas for one hundred and ten thousand dollars, you know, they're it, buying those uh, left and right, like uh, like hot dogs, man, at Seven Eleven. Hey, uh, not to cut you up, but I wanted to ask uh, that you know our our, our law enforcement friends uh, um, a, a quick question on the uh, on on the trial that's going on on the George Floyd trial. Um, what do you guys think? So.
3: You know, um, <clears throat> you didn't get a change of venue, which I think, I think if they get a conviction, it's probably going to be uh, reversed on that. At least on that. Um, it's hard. It's very difficult for me to, um, uh, to side with the defense because of my history. Um, however, um, the, the fentanyl aspect of it, um, is really really interesting um when they uh i saw the um i saw the um what is the toxicologist that was on yesterday he made some statements and he made a couple opinions that i thought could have been ripped apart by the defense and he didn't he didn't hit on it and the one thing that i i really thought that he should have hit on was asking the toxicologist what the medical dose of fentanyl is which is so small, uh, as opposed to what might be in one of those pills. Uh, I think I mentioned last week the me- medical dose is about 10, mil- 10 micrograms per hour, about 100 <laughs> micrograms a day, which comes out of one of those patches. Um, you, c- you can barely see a microgram, maybe smaller than a, than a grain of salt. Wow. Uh, I think uh Robert might have had some information on the average amount of fentanyl in one of those in one of those pills. The problem is you don't know what you're getting. Um and he didn't hit on the fact that addicts become resistant to those drugs and someone may be able to take more than someone else. Um
0: so again, but um uh, what about the I'm getting some feedback somewhere. Is that coming through on everybody's PC here?
2: Yeah. I'm hearing a little bit of a feedback when you're talking.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: Uh,
0: what what about now? Is no, it's good? That? Good. Okay. So what what I was gonna ask is the following is there there seems to be a lot of argument on the situation. Um the knee to the throat. And nine minutes and that the guy, you know, was essentially dead before he took his knee off his neck and called the paramedics. Um, they're saying that 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 video alone is enough to prosecute the officer and um, and that it's a slam dunk. I've heard this even on Fox News, which um, which seemed, um, you know, pretty shocking.
3: So the, the video looks looks very bad. I think it does look bad. I'm not an expert on martial arts or anything like that. But back back in the day when we were young, um the karate control technique was used very often. Um it didn't take 9 minutes to put somebody out with a karate right. control technique. Make, what what do you think, Robert? 2 3 seconds. You good? are out. Out. Um, out. what I noticed um uh, in the whole video was that uh, uh, Mr. Floyd began complaining that he couldn't breathe way before he was even taken to the police car. Um, I think he was having problem breathing, but it may have been for because he was uh, under the influence of the fentanyl, which is is a symptom of that if, if you've taken too much.
2: The, the, uh, even traditionally, uh, going back historically on our police department, we've had uh, suspects or people that are in custody die of overdoses and at the time the officer didn't know that they were, I mean, we knew they were under the influence. Uh, you get them handcuffed, drove in the backseat of the car, they stopped breathing. Even if there was nothing else but they were being, uh, their breathing was being restricted with their hands behind their back. They start to panic. Uh, they start hyperventilating and they, they pass out and they die. And Or sometimes we didn't know they had just swallowed some dope on us. When I saw the video, You know, as a cop, you you try to... Hey, we all have our biases. You look and you go, well, initially, if the guy would have done what they told him to do, this would have never happened. But then again, he's on drugs. He's high. Uh, We don't... When I saw the video, it was like, this is going to be very bad. But then again, you have to go past, what does it look like in the video? And what did he actually die of? So that's those are two different things. That uh, the training that they talk about... Now, I never... I, I've been uh, on. a – I have a uh, go on to a group of uh, cops with Phoenix PD. A lot of them taught defense tactics. I never was at the academy. I never taught defense and tactics. Saul never did either. We were always out on the street. But those guys can go into the science of what you do, what you can't do. And uh, but to me, the guy starts saying, "I can't breathe." You got to attend to him. You got uh, to. You got to loosen him. You got to do something to not allow him to, to, you know, to go into distress like he did. And going back to the fentanyl, uh, I I cited the numbers last week, Uh, DEA grabbed fentanyl nationwide, and did a test on nationwide seizures of fentanyl. 27% of fentanyl pills nationwide had a possible lethal dose in those pills 27%. Now, it's depend on your body size. Previous use, your tolerance level, and uh, so if somebody, some high school kid, gets a fentanyl and thinks it's a, you know, some Valium or an oxycodone or something, and he's going to pop it one time. Imagine if he gets that twenty at one twenty-seven percent of that pill, the one that has a lethal dose. He takes it, he never wakes up. He's done. And,
0: that and a lot,
2: right? That happens yeah, a lot. that's a crisis. If you look at, if you Google, do a search, fentanyl overdoses and start looking at news articles, especially on the West Coast along California, Arizona, you start looking, that is a crisis. They're talking about the crisis being the handguns. And we talked about this last week. The crisis is the violence related to gang violence, the uncontrolled borders. Now, why are they fighting in Chicago? Why are they fighting in our inner cities? I mentioned this last week. Gangs are fighting for the right to sell Mexican drug cartel drugs in those inner cities. It's lucrative, so it's being fueled by drugs coming from Mexico into our inner cities, shows up in our inner cities, and street gangs are fighting street block by street block apartment complex for apartment complex, and that's where the slaughter's happening. It's being fueled by illegal immigration. It's being fueled by street gangs. It's also being fueled by this new progressive ideology that we do not punish and incarcerate gang members. Because it's inhumane.
1: On that point, I think it's a very good point. You know, if you look at the Mexican side of the southern border, it's it's truly, uh, you know, a war scene, right? You see yes. the, the the fight between the the battle between the cartels uh, to control territory. So it's very naive to think that what's happening in 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 the southern part, the Mexican part of our southern border, is not going to come in. Uh, into our country. So perhaps the violence levels are not as, uh, you know, extreme as what we see in Mexico, because I mean, I've seen some things in Mexico that are right. scary, but they're still incredible. I mean, you still see a lot of violence. And and obviously, it is a spread of that violence from Mexico into the United States. Uh, that's a reality of it. And it's, I think it's just very naive to think that, no, no, that's just happening. Uh, in the Mexican side, once you cross into the U.S., all of a sudden, you know, the rule of law prevails. Well, you know, it's not the 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 case.
2: Soul just left the street. I mean, Soul just retired. I mean, you can hit on this Soul on on what you're seeing out on the. You know, what drives the violence out on the street?
3: Oh, it's it's the drugs, uh, no no doubt about it. Uh, you know, um, historically in in Phoenix, in Southern California, Texas, we had the uh, the, the historical gangs uh, the Mexican gangs a lot of the gangs that that we dealt with as, as younger as younger guys um, the Mexican mafia kind of kind of took that all away with a, with a big plan which which caused Mexican gangs Chicano gangs Mexican-american gangs not to go after each other as much as they did in the past however the other races, Still, continue their their gang war. Uh, the sale of crack cocaine is still going on in South Phoenix and the sale of fentanyl, and uh, and they are uh, they are vicious. They are well armed, uh, and it's very unfortunate because you see amazing young men just ruin their lives um, for the sake of this of this mentality. Um, and, um, and, the, and the women, the women are involved as well. I uh,
1: think uh, uh, for, for, for those who are listening, I think will be very, very interesting. So you're talking about the the cartels that are selling you drugs in our cities. Uh, those cartels, uh, Mexican or Mexican origin, uh, they are coordinating, they're, they're nego- negotiating with cartels in Mexico, Sinaloa and other cartels.
3: Yes. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you okay. could uh, you could investigate a um, um, any organized crime group. Let's say a biker bikers, you know, Hell's Angels, something like that. You you picture white guys on motorcycles. If they got drugs, they got them from a Mexican. That's just that's just it. There's no there's no doubt about it. If you, if you dig deep enough, you're gonna find a Mexican it may be a Mexican American but if you dig deeper you're going to find, you're going to find a a Mexican national involved that's just the way it is here in the southwest and, and in most of the country it it, it, yeah, it uh, is all connected cool. to mexico
0: Jalisco and uh and and and, and, and uh, sinaloa and those guys yeah. you know on the east coast you have all the colombian stuff coming up right like uh, yeah. south florida but but yeah absolutely
2: Al- alfonso if i can if i could add uh my last 7 years on phoenix pd i was in a wiretap group we did wiretaps uh on primarily drug organizations uh finished one at the end my last one was actually a human smuggling wiretap but you know they're court court uh, authorized uh wiretaps we did them for i was uh, 7 years so i was in this group and some boss somebody complained and said why are you guys always targeting mexicans the illegal aliens you know we're doing Primarily Mexicans from Mexico. So they came up with this great idea. All right, let's 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 look at a black group. Uh, we'll look at a black gang group. And we found a black gang group. And normally the threshold, you need to have, find someone that's moving a lot of drugs. No one moves enough drugs to justify spending so much money on a wiretap except the Mexicans. All right, we'll do a black group. As soon as they ran out of drugs, there we hear the conversation. Hey, man, we're out. We need some more of that product, and they're talking in code. So the main guy makes a phone call, and what do you hear when the guy answers on the other end? Accordion music from the Mexican connection that's speaking in broken English. And that. so now we have to spin off into the connection who's a Mexican. This happened with white groups, where sometimes they'd say, we need to go after a white group. As soon as they need a dope, the dope man... They call, and you're talking to a Mexican oh, all know, the time.
1: I, 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 I'm shocked that even the, the, that the race issue was even uh, mentioned. You know, you're, you're going after criminals. You know, yeah, of exactly. the race. It happens that the country on our southern border is Mexico, Appears. Yes. I mean, yes. it, it, this is how outrageous this is. I mean, uh, that's just, just incredible. Now, on another yeah. that that you could en- enlighten us, because part of the travesty that I see with this, what I call the corridor of terror from Central America to our southern border, is sex trafficking and child trafficking. And yes. uh, you know, and I have to say, it's just like drugs: it's supply, supply of children, and demand for children. Pornography, uh, sex trade. This is tr- uh, terrible. Uh, uh, what has your, been your experience working, uh, uh, you know, in law enforcement uh, around the border with this?
3: Well, I, I recently, as a matter of fact, yesterday spoke uh, to people that I know down in Mexico. Um, the almost it's 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 a coincidence that you brought this up because almost immediately the conversation shifted to people stealing kids uh, on the street, taking little <laughs> girls, taking little boys, and stealing them whether it's for the organ uh, the organ transplant business or yeah. for its sexual trafficking, but but it is a problem. It is a big problem. Um, one of the children, I, I've actually sent him uh, baseball equipment uh, a few times. Uh, he's a really really good baseball player. He's about 10 years old. He was invited to go join a, a league, a baseball camp for the summer. Uh, however, the invitation said just you don't bring your parents what's gonna go what's gonna happen to that kid if he were to go I mean luckily his parents knew better but that's a common tactic uh, athletes young men that are doing stuff like that and little girls uh, young young women are are kidnapped off the street and that's these these people are not law enforcement they're just simple they're shrimp farmers and uh, and they brought it up I didn't bring it up, you know, so so I think that answers your question right there.
1: It's pretty evident that this massive movement
3: of facility yes,
1: yes. creates an environment where it's easier to traffic people, to traffic drugs. I mean, it, it's just basic, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, and mixed in with all this are the asylum seekers coming from Central America, uh, making their way north, still with uh, – with the intention of getting to the border, believing that they're going to be allowed to cross, begging their begging their way across Mexico, uh, these people are victimized. Um, look, we all know we all know Latin Americans. We know how we are. We know how nationalistic we are. We know how okay. We know our prejudices. Okay, we don't like you know foreigners coming through our country. That's just the way we are. Uh, imagine. Uh, indigenous people from Guatemala, places like that, passing through Mexico, obvious targets, obvious that they're not, that they're not from there. Wow. Any money that they have, anything that they have is going to get stolen. They're going to be victimized. The young men are now being recruited by drug traffickers to do work, to do work as mules, or to do work around uh, the areas uh, of, uh, of Mexico. Mexico has a horrible drug use problem. They are no longer the, produce, the producing nation. They are a consuming nation. And the drug addiction down there is rampant. It, it is rampant.
1: So, so uh, oh. uh, um, rape and sexual violence against women and girls, I, I haven't found a definite study with numbers. I, I imagine it's very difficult to <clears throat> to find exact numbers. But I've seen different studies from, from the past eight years that show that Rape and and sexual harassment, sexual violence on girls and women could be as high as sixty percent. I even found one study that said eighty uh, percent. I mean, even if it was twenty
3: percent, that is is extremely high. Isn't it's it? horrible, and I, I think uh, from what I understand, it's it's even happened in the in the new cages among the young kids that they have locked in there. That there has been some sexual attacks. Uh, it's um, it 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 is a problem. And again, the culture, um, the, the Mexican culture where it is, it is very accepted for an older man to marry a very, very young, young woman. Um, I, I don't think that that's been, uh, eradicated in any way, it's still going on. And then the lack of respect for women as well. Uh, and imagine a young woman, uh, that, that is partly cultural. However, you have the criminal element who are evil people, and uh, they run the gamut. You know they um, they are evil, and uh, and they will they are apt to do anything for money or to pro- to uh, um, to produce something or to uh, to give somebody a service uh, uh, like like sex trafficking. What is uh, the organ Oregon. Oregon. harvesting? Uh,
0: piece of all this get that much attention
3: with with the cartels you mean um i i I don't know i you know that you mentioned the studies the same thing with the guns i think that a lot of times once the u.s government is involved certain people try to minimize the actual numbers um the guns uh, are it's a curious thing um to Buy a gun off of a Mexican American gang member. It's going to be oh, hundred bucks, eighty bucks, two hundred bucks if it's a really good gun. The me- the Mexican nationals uh, pay a lot of money for their guns down in Mexico. So if if I if I meet a Mexican national and I'm going to buy a gun off him, I'm going to have I'm going to expect to pay market value for that gun because they they just have that 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 attitude that well if I take it to Mexico it's going to it's going to make me a lot more money. Um, but, uh, the guns are, the guns are everywhere. Uh, unfortunately in Mexico, they have really strict gun laws, but only the criminals have the guns, the guns, the criminals, the cops, and the military are the guns. People who can't, who have, who need the guns can't defend themselves.
0: That's amazing. You know, I, I, I
1: something uh, it's just so important to, to emphasize. And I think I've mentioned it as well. You know, this poor people are being told that they should come here to ask for asylum. And it's not only by the traffickers, but even by good. Well, the U.S. government is basically saying that right now that you can come here and ask for asylum. And we know that 90 percent of those people don't have a claim to asylum. You you need a a credible fear uh, uh, that you're going to be persecuted individually for political reasons, for religious reasons to apply for asylum. These are economic migrants. They're, they're facing hard times back home. And by encouraging them to come here regularly, they are creating this corridor of terror where all the, this happens. And, and this is the problem. I mean, I, I think there's some so-called immigration advocates. I, I do believe that some have good intentions, but are risking their seal to help immigrants. They're, they're forgetting the situation that they're creating, that it doesn't help them. It actually really uh, creates an environment where so many of them are victims of crimes. Why come to our country uh, this way if you're gonna be raped? Uh, that's gonna change your life forever. No. Absolutely. And so uh, the, the asylum policies, and that's why President Trump said, not only remain in Mexico, which was important, uh, but also reach agreements uh, in a bilateral way with Guatemala, With El Salvador, Honduras, to say that if you're going to ask for asylum at our border, you have to show that you asked asylum before in the countries that you went through. Because if you're looking for, is just a place where you can find safety, then that can be provided in Mexico and in other places. Those countries have to do their part, and they also have international obligations. So uh, this was very important. And somehow the extreme left said that this was inhuman, uh not at all not at all and and i think this is from my perspective one of the main causes for the massive migration it's not only that we're calling them we're saying come here and we'll give you asylum when we know full well that we can't it it is a travesty
0: and we're telling them how to do it right we're telling them how to how to come in is come in you know with children then we're not going to separate you uh you know, uh, come in and ask for asylum and we're going to let you in, et cetera, et cetera. But Hey, you know what? It's, uh, it's been a pleasure as always having all of you guys here. Great conversation. We have to do this again. I know, uh, Alfonso, I know you're always busy, man, but if you want to join us on Fridays, I think, uh, it's just a natural fit to have policy and, uh, and and operatives together to talk about some of these, uh, I, I, I commend
1: uh, Robert and Saul for, for their service. I mean, we need good people in, in the front lines. And, uh, you know, they can enlighten policymakers. Sometimes that's why I, you know, I, I served in, for six years in the Department of Homeland Security. And I made sure to tour the border several times to talk to the people in the front lines to know exactly what's happening. And sometimes you have this policy debates in a bubble here in Washington. these immigration advocates that just don't know. Uh, and uh, some have their agenda. Let's be honest; they want to flood the country, hoping to create a, a social pressure to 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 push immigration reform, legalize people, but also to change the country. And then some others are really good people, but just don't know better. They think that this is the way of doing it, and. Uh, you know we're creating a terrible situation though. yeah
0: i mean it's horrible alfonso i mean some of the stories uh you know uh, that that we've that we've heard from from Seoul in the past and, and and robert um about uh you know we we could go for another hour here but you know th- th- how how they take these people through the border take them in the houses when you know ro- uh, 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 robert's told us stories when they've raided these houses and they have all these children locked up in rooms and how they use bathrooms and just there, there's too many people just for the bathrooms, right? And you can imagine they haven't showered, bathed, the, the stench, the it, it's. Like, the irony
1: is that as bad as things may be in their home country, they're not going to be exposed to that violence in Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras. Right? It's even yeah. worse here. I mean, so. This idea that somehow, and I'm not saying that there's no violence in El Salvador or Honduras, and we know it, it's related to drug trafficking. Uh, it is very intense, but it's similar to some of the violence we see in some cities in the United States. Yeah. But but let's not say that, you know, what they're going to go through to get here is much worse than what they're seeing in their home country.
2: They're going to war, war-torn Mexico to get to our border. And what's going on in the central of Mexico, I worked there for three years. I needed for transportation by land, armored vehicles and armed escorts. And many areas were were no-go zones for us. I felt like I was back in Iraq because I also spent some time there. And it was unbelievable where we're sitting around, driving around in convoys uh, because it's such a
0: dangerous place. And these people don't have
2: that luxury. Yeah, and, and
0: it's not even a war zone, right? But it's uh but but it's it, it's a normal open society, country, democracy, everything. And and what you're telling us here is that you can't get through these cartel controlled areas, or you're or you get killed, right? I, I had a meeting canceled
2: uh because I was set up to go to a spot, security was gonna pick me up. And they said, it's a no-go. There's a running gun battle in town, and they're shooting RPGs at each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not going. It's okay. I'll stay here. That's,
0: That's amazing. Hey, guys, let's do this next week. Alfonso, how do people follow you on social media? Where do they follow you?
1: Amigo Aguilar, Twitter. Amigo Aguilar,
0: please. How about you, Robert?
1: I'm at uh, Robert Odyssey on Twitter. And uh,
2: eventually, I think soon, uh, Soul and I are going to be opening up a Facebook page uh, for the podcast we're going to be launching here real soon.
0: Fantastic! And Soul, does he have any, uh, any any social media, Twitter handles, anything?
3: Right here, Just find me. <laughs> you can find me right here. <laughs> <laughs> he, he still he still
0: thinks he's undercover. All right, yeah, guys, yes. I appreciate right. it. We'll see don't you think guys in the eighties. And don't forget, iHeart, Spotify, Apple. Um, Google, Amazon Music, Audible. You can find us anywhere. There is no reason for you to miss Battleground, and we'll see you next week.